Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. Chapter 19, it's going to take us a minute to get there because we're going to set this up and uh, we'll, we'll only arrive there at the conclusion, but it is the point that I want to drive home to you today. So to say it's going to take us a minute to get there doesn't mean it's going to take a long time. It just means that that's going to be towards the conclusion. But I want you to hold your spot there, 1 Kings chapter 19. And I want to invite you today in more than a listening exercise, I want you to join me today in a thought process and just working through some things with me in, in, the, in the mind and, and just recollecting some things from life and, and maybe we can come together on an agreement today. And would you agree with me to say that as each of us look back over our lives, we can realize the power of those who have influenced our lives. How many of you see, as you grow older, you begin to see the tendencies of your parents in your own lives? Or others that you have known that have so indelibly etched on your life and your mind, you, you can see their influences, you can see their tendencies, and we know, we know the effects that they have had upon us, the values that they've instilled in us, and the direction that they have inspired us. And here's the thing. There's a caveat to this, because oftentimes when we begin to talk about influence, we only think of influence in an upward direction, like a, a come up, a higher call. But influence can lead us to the top, Influence can also drag us to the bottom. Influence can leave us at the status quo. And throughout history, kingdoms have risen and fallen on the power of influence. Fortunes have been made and lost by the power of influence. Lives have been built or ruined by the power of influence. And I want to speak today concerning the power of influence, but not simply in the sense of being an influencer. I want to speak today as an encourager for you to choose good influences. And I also want to herald a warning of the dangers of choosing poor influences for your life. Now, I know this seems like a very simplistic message today, but I've got to tell you that uh, in this world that we live in today, there are a lot of would-be influencers. There are a lot of voices that are clamoring and vying for your attention, and the intended end is that they influence your thoughts, your hearts, your, your mind, your perceptions, your view of things in one way or the other. So I want to speak today both as an encourager for you to choose good influences and a warning against the bad influences. And this message is for everyone. I don't care who you are, regardless of your age, regardless of your station, your role in life, your season in life. This is a message for you. Who are we, who we are, and who we are becoming is largely dependent upon the things or the people that we allow to influence our lives. And I want to tell you something today. You should have a vision in mind for what God wants to do with the remainder of your life. You need to live your life 
You need to get up and happen to your life instead of your life happening to you on a daily basis. And today it's my desire to take a bit of inventory concerning the things that we allow to influence uh, allow as influencers in our lives and I hope that you'll not only listen to my words but participate along with me in, in putting these thoughts together in your mind see really I believe as far as influence goes there are only a few categories in which we are affected most greatly by the power of influence and I want to lead through a series of questions today that'll that'll help us determine who and what we are truly allowing to influence our lives so join in with me. If, you've, if you're taking notes on your phone, you might want to open up a pad right now, or if you've got a, a paper and pencil, you might want to grab that and just, just kind of jot a few things down. But I want to ask you today, who are the people that you are allowing to influence your personal life? Who are the people that you're allowing to influence your personal life? Whose input am I allowing to shape or to mold me as an individual? Whose input informs the way I think about myself? Can we just start there with that question? How do you think about yourself? We've already sang about it this morning. I am who you say I am. That's great in theory. That's great in lyric. But how is it for you as a practice? Do you think about yourself the way that God says you are? Is that a daily thing for you? Is that a regular? Is that the normative in your life that you consider yourself in the way that God says you are? Whose input is informing the way that you think about yourself? Whose input informs your sense of self-worth? Whose input helps to guide you and bring direction to your life? And when I ask this question, I'm not seeking to devalue anyone's, uh, anyone, anyone's personal worth, but I'm simply asking, on what grounds does this individual or group of people or situation or circumstance have the right to speak into your life? Before we latch on to every word or every action that we see in or hear from someone else, we've got to evaluate the source from which these words and actions flow. And we've got to ask ourselves, is this anybody that I even want to be like? Do they have the credibility to speak into my life? Is there any authority upon which their words should resonate in my life, in my mind? See, we're to love everybody, we're to show ourselves friendly, but we're not to be influenced by everyone with whom we come in contact. Listen, it's not a great idea to take financial advice from your broke friends. Right? They, they obviously don't know what they're talking about. If, I, if you're having trouble at home, it's not great for you to take relationship advice from your embittered single friends at work. You don't need to share all of your heartache and grief with someone else whose life is upside down to see how they might counsel you. 
We shouldn't idolize and allow ourselves to be influenced by people who are constantly in trouble, whose lives are filled with constant drama. There will be people in our lives that will try to speak words over our lives as if they are in some way superior and in some way they're an authority on the matters in our lives. But I want to ask you today, are you allowing people to speak things into your life that are contrary to the truth of who you are as God has said you are? There's some people that want to come around and they want to speak into your life. You were, you were a happy-go-lucky fella full of fun and fancy-free until these would-be counselors show up. Influencers. It's only as they begin to speak that you begin to realize that you're not good enough. It's only as they begin to speak that you begin to realize how bleak your future is. It's only as they begin to speak that you begin to realize how inadequate you are. And when I say, are you allowing, I, I'm, I'm, I need to clarify that because I'm telling you that people are going to talk. People are going to say things. People will say what people will say, but we don't have to allow everything that people say to influence us. Do you understand that? You understand that if you're in an abusive relationship, if you're in a situation where people are talking down to you, where they're discrediting you and discrediting God's work in your life, you don't have to allow the things that are being said to you or about you to devalue you because or influence you just because somebody else said it. I, I've known too many people in my life who were suppressed in the pursuit of their dreams who were ill-informed concerning their personal worth or value who were hindered and kept from ever rising up and walking in victory because they allowed every word that was spoken to them to become and hold influence over them and I've got to ask today and I ask myself continually Am I allowing people to influence my life who are going to challenge me? I want to I ask, do you avoid people who will tell you the truth about your situation? Because the truth is, there are people out there who God has put in our way who are going to love us with the truth. Those who are going to challenge us to rise above. Those who are going to encourage us and inspire us even through some of the most difficult moments of our lives. But many times we as people only want the influence of those who are going to commiserate with us in our trials. You ever heard the old adage that misery loves company? And, and sometimes when we're going through a hard time, what we really want and who we really want to influence us is somebody that's going to come along and say, well, why don't you just cry on my shoulder? Let me, let me just jump in here with you. You know, we could, we, could, we could all sit in here today. You know what we could do today? Instead of getting in the Word and being encouraged today, 
do you know that all we could really do if we, if we really followed the natural man was that we could come into this place and we could sit here and we could talk about how bad things are in the world. We, we could talk about things that are, are going on on the worldwide scene and, and we could talk about things that are happening in the legislative offices of our nation. We could talk about things that have happened across the town and things that we've seen on the evening news and, and just how bad it is and, and, and how the traffic is. and I mean, we can, we can complain about anything, can't we? And, and a lot of times we will seek out those who will affirm us in our present situations. We're not looking for those who are going to challenge us to rise above and be better and be overcomers, but rather we look for people who are going to comfort us oftentimes in our misery. And again, I want to ask you today, who are, who are we allowing to influence our personal lives? The second question is this, what sources of information do I allow to shape my worldview? Over the last several years, there have been so many what we would call hot-button topic issues, and it, it, they come almost at a blinding pace anymore. It seems like there's a new thing every week that makes us like shake our heads and say, is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? Many, many of the issues that are being dealt with in the world today are such that many of us probably never had any idea that they would be dealt with on a wide-scale nature or measure as they are today. Show of hands. How many of you thought that in your lifetime one of the great debates of our day would be the legalization of marijuana? How many of you ever thought that you'd live to see the day that we'd be discussing the legitimization of homosexual marriage? How many of you ever thought that you would see Homosexual activity legitimized in mainstream denominations. What about abortion? Many of us have lived with that issue. If you're my age or younger, that's just been a commonplace in your life as long as you've been alive. But some of you remember a day when that seemed like such a foreign atrocity that you couldn't even imagine it being, being dealt with on the level and the scale that it is today. And these are issues that some people might argue as being cases of civil rights. But there are others for whom these issues are clearly issues of morality. And, and where you stand, where you and I stand on these issues, will rest squarely on what sources we're allowing to shape our worldview what colors we're allowing to tint the lens through which we see the world. And, and I've got to tell you, this is not an issue of being on the left side or being on the right side. When eternity comes and we meet it, it's not going to be were you on the right side or were you on the wrong side. It's going to be were you on God's side. That'll be the only thing that matters. The argument between humans and, and all of the different organizations, and all, it's, it's all going to fall mute. And the only thing that God is going to do is raise the standard of his word and say, did you see things the way that I saw things? Did you consider the world the way that I intended the world? 
And i got to tell you, on the campuses of our universities and colleges and institutions of higher learning, there is an all-out war that wages daily for those who more than they desire to share about the subject matter of their field, they yearn to hold the reins of influence over an emerging generation. They, they want to have the opportunity to shape the worldview of a generation that a few years later will be those who will fund movements, who will elect officials, who will seek offices in the land to set in positions of leadership. And can I tell you that just because someone is an expert on a subject or they hold credentials to teach or they have a platform to speak does not make them immune from approaching that place of influence with an agenda. I came here this morning with an agenda. It's not my agenda. It's the agenda of God's kingdom. I I am unapologetic in that traditional, contemporary, you know, whatever you want to, you know, formal or casual, whatever you want to argue about, I don't care. It's kingdom or not. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Democrat, Republican, no. Kingdom or not. Conservative, liberal, no. Kingdom or not. That's where we're at. That's the agenda I come with, but that's not the agenda that the rest of the world has. They're working an angle. They're coming as much to promote ideals as they are to expound upon facts. You want to know what the fake news is? That's it. When when you turn on the TV and they're coming more with the intent of expounding ideals or promoting ideals than they are expounding the facts of the matter. Daily news broadcast stories are spun to sound a certain way. Stories are ignored to keep from giving a balance to the viewpoints or awaited arguments against an ideology. Every time the evening news comes on, there's an attempt to have you and I see the world as they do, be it liberal or conservative, either way. Songs are written to shape the way that we feel about a subject or to challenge what we believe about the matter. Blogs are written, radio shows are produced, movies are released, and if you'll keep your eyes open, you'll find that there's a message that usually transcends the storyline. Mom, Dad, keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. Just because it comes in animated form doesn't mean they're not teaching liberal ideologies to your children. Just because it comes in the figure of a cartoon or an animal doesn't mean that they're not teaching neo-orthodoxy or some other liberal theological points to your children. And again, I've got to ask myself, and we've all got to ask ourselves, what sources of information are we allowing to influence the way that we see the world around us? Finally, I want to ask you this morning, what is my source of influence for my spiritual formation. I call myself a believer. How many of you call yourself a believer? Okay, my next question is this. In what? A believer in what? What are the things that I allow to influence my spiritual growth and development? And and I've I've got to be honest when I say that it's important for us to occasionally tap the brakes and examine our beliefs. 
well, Pastor, I, I know what I believe. I've always believed what I believe. Is that a fact? The truth be told, there are a great many theological arguments that have far more to do with the traditions of men than they do anything in Scripture. And there's a whole lot about church life that often has more to do with the traditions of men than it does any kind of directive from Scripture. So I, I've been spending a great deal of time myself reading the pastoral epistles and, and the examples of the apostles to ensure that not only is my person, not only is my personal ministry effective, but also ensuring that the ministries of this church are following a scriptural pattern. I can't tell you the number of people over the last 20 years that have come to suggest to me what my job is that has nothing to do with anything that's found in scripture. Well, where, on, on what authority do you find that? Because that's not what I find as my job description in the ultimate job description. And ask yourself this, do I have a standard by which I judge my spiritual life? And if so, what is that standard? The Pharisee had a standard. The Pharisee had a standard, and that standard was to go and stand in the temple and to lift his face in pride and say, God, I thank you that I'm not like a this guy. You know, so often that can be our standard. That, that can be the thing by which we allow our spiritual formation to be developed. I'm influenced by this guy. And if I can be better than this guy, then I feel like I've got it made. There's, there's nothing else. There's no higher call than to be better than this guy. But I'm not called to be like this guy, and I'm not called to be better than this guy. I'm called to be like someone else, and the someone else is Christ Jesus himself who suffered for us, leaving an example that we should follow in his steps. Am I being like Jesus? So what is your standard? Is it the traditional understanding of the family unit or a certain church? Is it the teaching of a certain pastor? Is it the accumulation of a number of influences? Are you leaning solely on your own understanding for the formation of your spiritual life? Is it all about what you think? Is it all about what you feel? I don't feel Jesus today. I do feel Jesus today. I felt Jesus last week, but I haven't felt Jesus in a week from yesterday. Does that negate the fact of Jesus? No. Does it negate his working, his moving in your life? No, it does not. I want to ask you, is there a truth that guides you? Is there a truth that informs you? Is there a truth that transcends the other influences in your life that makes, that makes you solid in the place that you stand spiritually? Because if, if, you, if you don't stand in the truth of the word, there really is no other solid, there, there's no other solid authority upon which to stand. Because after all, what makes your opinion about things more right than mine? 
I mean, if, if opinion is what the authority is, then all it takes is a majority to establish authority. But if my foundation is in the word of the Lord, then I rest in the eternal truth of Almighty God. That it is as he has said, you can say whatever you want to, I can even have a different opinion about it than what God has said about it, but that makes me wrong. And consequently, you too. If God has said differently. Now in closing today, I want to share with you just a few thoughts. As far as the influences in our personal lives, we need to find some folks whose life and experience identifies with what we feel the Lord is calling us to be. Have they been somewhere that we want to be? Are they living a way that we want to live? Are they free? Are they joy-filled? Do their words over my life align with where I know that God is leading me? Will their influence propel me forward in God's calling, or will it hold me back? Do their words over my life align? Do they challenge me to be my best or do they drag me to my worst? And the answers to these questions will determine if you need that person as an influence in your life or not. As far as who's influencing our worldview, the Bible says this, that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is destruction. And I'm telling you that building a life and a worldview upon the opinions of man is a fragile, fragile foundation. Many, many in our world today are bent on a way that seems right in their own minds, but the truth of the matter is that their way is contrary to the way that God has prescribed in the Bible. And as for me, I personally believe that the Bible is the only book that accurately describes both the formation of this world and the end of the same as we know it and everything in between. Therefore, I want to be sure that the things that are influencing my life and my view of the world around me are things that agree with what God has said has happened and will happen? What media sources am I allowing to influence the way that I see the world? What's the message in the favorite songs that I so identify with that I sing along every time they come on the radio? What's the message in the shows that I'm watching every evening as I unwind for the day? As far as my spiritual formation, I have determined that Jesus Christ himself said this, He who hears these words of mine and does them, I will liken him to a man who built his house on a rock. Those who hear these words of mine and do them, I will liken him to a man who built his house upon a rock. Those who hear these words of mine and don't do them, I will liken to a man who built his house upon the sand. And the same life, the same circumstances came and battered them both. Are you going to have hard time in this life? Are you going to have difficulty? Absolutely you are. The distinctive is, where did you build your house? Where did you build your spiritual house? 
Did you build it on the rock of Christ's commands, his words, or did you build it on something else, the shifting sands of popular opinion, modern debate? Because the rains fell, the waves beat, the house that was on the rock stood, and the one that was in the sand fell. Paul writing to Timothy says this, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So I want to give you a couple of action points as we conclude today. I want to, I want to invite you seriously this week to examine how much weight you place upon the opinions of others. Some of you, this is going to be a liberating experience. Because placing too much value on what others think can cause us to walk in the lies of insecurity instead of thriving in the truth of who we are and who God has created us to be. The second thing I want you to do this week is I want you to seriously consider who or what you are allowing to be an influence in your personal life and then ask why. Is there something in their character, their personal achievements, their spiritual stature that should make me value their words or actions as something that's constructive for my life? And I'm not saying you can't be friends. And I'm not saying that if you determine that they're not, that you've got to cast them aside or isolate yourself from them. I'm just saying you may need to insulate yourself from their words and not let them carry as much weight in your life. And then for one week, for one week, challenge the sources of influence over various areas of your life and see if they are conflicting in any way. Because you're coming here today to be influenced. Not by a world system, not by a man's opinion. I trust that you have come here today to hear the sincere word of the Lord. And I want to challenge you through this week as you're allowing things into your ear gate and things into your eye gate and you're, you're considering and you're processing all this information. I want you to consider, are there influences in your life that are contradictory? Because sometimes we can come to church and we can hear about heaven all Sunday morning and we can go home and be partakers of hell Monday through Saturday. I've just got to, I know I beat this all the time, but I've just got to tell you there is nothing godly about 25 women clamoring over one man to see who can get an opportunity to be with them. That is perverse. You call it whatever you want to, it's perverse. And you can't have the mind of Christ and that mind of the world at the same time. The Bible says that it is the things that are true, the things that are just, the things that are virtuous, the things that are praiseworthy that we should allow to influence our lives. So ask yourself, am I allowing things that stand contrary 
to God's revealed truth to have influence over my thoughts. Because at the end of the day, the Bible says this, do not be conformed to the things of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do we renew our minds? We renew our minds with the truth of God's word. Listen, would you stand? Noise. Noise. Noise, noise, noise. How many of you know that our world is full of noise? Just, I mean, jabba, 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 jabba. You're flipping through the stations and it's blah, 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 blah. Noise. You will always find copious amounts of noise. And in that noise, there are would-be influencers. But I want you to look here at 1 Kings 19. I told you we would get there. 1 Kings 19, beginning in verse 11. God speaks to the prophet Elijah, and he says this. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. It was noise. You say, Pastor, well, do you know they're debating this house bill or that is noise? But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. You say, well, Pastor, you know what they said about the church and this and this? Noise. Well, Pastor, is it important? Yes, yeah, important. Noise. Well, how do you get to that it's noise? Well, it's noise because God said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. You've heard testimony this morning of how the Lord is building His church in a place with a restricted access. It's noise because the truth of the Word is, I will build my church in the gates of hell, will not prevail against it. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. Noise the heat of adversity it's just noise some of you some of you get some of us and I, 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 I try to refrain from saying some of you because it's not some of you it's me it's all of us we get so overwhelmed by the noise of the fire the heat of adversity and when we're in the trial and the heat is hot and all we can think about or the worst case scenarios it becomes overwhelming to us spiritually but I'm here to tell you today it's only noise here we go and after the fire still small voice and so it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave and suddenly a voice came to him. He said, Elijah, what are you doing here? See, Elijah had allowed himself to become influenced 
by the wickedness and the onslaught of darkness. And he's here in a cave hiding for his life. God comes back and cuts through the noise and says, I'm here. I'm here. Let me influence you. Let me, let me speak to you for just a minute. As a child of God, I feel this is an urgent message for this hour. Because sometimes we lose our bearings and we, we just get off course and off kilter a little bit and we we begin ingesting too much information we live in the age of information overload you were you were your mind your spirit was never designed to get a notification every time something happened in the world we live in the in the age of information overload and it becomes an influencer in our lives but I want to challenge you honestly with these practices this week to really examine the things that you're allowing to hold sway and influence over your life. Turn it off. You know, I've, I've said this a lot of times too, and whatever. I have to tell myself a lot of things a lot of times. If you know who got boated off the island this week, but you haven't been in your word, there's a problem. And I don't mean that you've read enough to check off your daily list. I mean, you've got in that word until the Spirit of God begins to speak to you. And there began to be a formation of something in you that was stronger than what it was when you first sat down. Something that was bolder, something that was not weak but strong we have all the tools available we have the word of the Lord we have prayer we have fasting all of those things through which the, the Lord wants to come into our lives and he wants to cut through the noise and in a small still voice speak to our hearts and influence us not for just the challenges that we face right now but to influence us for eternity amen father we lift our voice to you today we look to you with expectant hearts knowing that you still speak you still move you still minister you still influence and Lord through this week help us oh God to avail ourselves to the moving of the Holy Spirit, to that draw that encourages us, that informs us with truth, that sets our hearts at liberty and never leads us to bondage. Father, we ask you that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would just move in the lives, the hearts of each and every one that's listening today, whether online or here in this house. Encourage your people with truth today. God, I know that we live in a generation of noise. But I just pray, God, that as we endeavor to block out the noise, we tune in to the small, still voice of your Holy Spirit. Help us, God, to be vigilant, to be diligent in this hour 
to seek you through study of your word, through prayer, through fasting. Because God, we know there's a power in influence. And as we are influenced by you and your life and your spirit, help us to be an influence in this generation that others might know you and be blessed. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.